everyone, welcome to the Photo Podcast. My name is Michael Howard, and I'm the founder of Photo. At Photo, we are building a new social platform uh, for photographers free of ads and algorithms. We are trying to rethink how a photo sharing platform functions with the goal of putting artists and art buyers and photography enthusiasts in control of their personal experience. Uh, We will be releasing photo this year, but we are first working on getting um, the very first version of photo out to our private beta users. So if you'd like to be in the private beta testing group, uh, you can visit photoapp.co slash beta to learn more. Photo is currently being funded through my personal funds and through donations of early supporters. Uh, That's right now why we're going at kind of a part-time speed to to build Photo. But you can help support the software development of Photo in a few ways. One is you can make a donation at photoapp.co slash beta. You can tell your friends about Photo. We are on Twitter and Instagram at the photo app. Last, you can subscribe to our email list at photoapp.substack.com. I appreciate your support and I'm grateful for the community that is forming around this project. Uh, for this episode of the Photo Podcast, I'm sharing a conversation I had with Rashad Taylor in early 2021 during a photography conference I was hosting. Uh, Rashad's work In Rashad's work, you'll find themes of race, culture, family, and legacy. He often photographs his son, family, and friends during everyday life. Rashad frequently uses large format cameras and also teaches others how to do wet plate photography. Rashad has been exhibited and published um, across the U.S. and internationally. You can um, find his work at the Museum of Fine Arts in Houston. He is the 2021 recipient of the Arnold Newman Prize for New Directions in Photographic Portraiture. He's also a 2020 Critical Mass Top 50 finalist, winner of the Lens Culture Critics Award, and a 2021 Feature Shoot Emerging Photography Awards winner. Uh, some of his clients include National Geographic, Essence Magazine, ProPublica, BuzzFeed News, uh, his work has been featured in CNN, The Atlantic, The New Yorker, The Guardian, Feature Shoot, and Lens Scratch, among others. He's currently working on a series called Little Black Boy, which we talk about a lot. Uh, he documents his son's life while examining the black American experience and fatherhood. Please make sure to check out his work at RashadTaylor.com and on Instagram at RashadTaylorPhoto. All right, I hope you enjoy this conversation. So I got started in photography, I would say. Uh, I was into photography as a kid growing up, looking at family albums and, you know, my mom's and dad's pictures of vacations and things like that. But I guess uh, in high school, I took a bigger interest in it and, um, you know, was on the yearbook and newspaper staff and started kind of photojournalism. Um, and then I ended up going to Murray State University where I majored in fine art photography. Well, I majored in art area, uh, emphasis in fine art photography or whatnot. Um, and that was down in Murray, Kentucky. So that's kind of, you know, my background, at least education-wise, uh, with photography. After college, what, what was your transition into where you are now? 
Yeah. So college after college, I, you know, I, I, had, I lived in New York for like a summer and tried to find a job and was unsuccessful. <laughs> um, you know, it's not like they're handing photography jobs out left and right. So um, I ended up just coming back home in Illinois to Bloomington, Illinois, where I'm from, and just kind of got in the workforce. I really, I still did a lot of photography, but just mostly actually, you know, a lot of family portraits and weddings. And then I still kind of shot on my own, um, just more fine art stuff that didn't get really, you know, seen or publicized much. So I essentially been doing that since college. And, you know, as of late, I think things kind of have picked up. I mean, I would say things picked up probably about eight years ago or so when I got into wet plate. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about your processes. So let's go into... Uh, I guess, yeah, wet plate, what attracted you to wet plate? Yeah, we'll go from there. Yeah. So I guess going back to college, I, I grew up on film. So I'm an 80s baby. I don't know if you can tell. But <laughs> I'm, uh, I grew up with film and, you know, never really let it go. Um, right. I shot some digital here and there. But I think for me, so I got into wet plate in 20, 2012. And I kind of wanted to just get back to making thing making images you know with my hands right like I mean I was so used to being in the dark room and wanted to kind of get back to that tactile um output you know of art making so I you know I had followed a, a lady uh her name is Joni Sternbach online and she shot 10 types of, of surfers and I was just really just mesmerized by her images and the process so that that kind of got me started and then I went to find a um, a workshop locally, well, not locally, but I went to a workshop in Indianapolis um, and learned wet plate from a guy named Dale Bernstein, who actually uh, printed for, for Avedon. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So he, yeah, he was a big deal. So he's about to story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I learned wet plate from him and, you know, took a course one weekend. And then after that, just kept to it. Cause I mean, it's a pretty intensive process. So mm-hmm. You know, you had to source the chemicals, I had to get all the equipment, but so that, and that was about 2012. So I really kind of took a liking to wet plate and, and been shooting it for about eight years. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I still shoot it pretty regularly today, but I do shoot, you know, large format film also. Okay. Are you shooting more uh, large format or medium format? What more? Right now, honestly, I'm, I'm all large format at this point Okay, between wet plate and, um film i'm I'm all large format at this point i'm assuming most people watching uh have never touched a large format camera and how i mean film in itself slows you down and the process of working with people especially when you're photographing people uh but you've like doubled down on uh photographing your son a lot and you're using you know large format and these other slow formats. So talk about, I guess, why or just the benefits of being that slow and that intentional with a large format camera. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was pretty, I was familiar with large format since college, but got, you know, got back into it when I started um, a little bit before wet plate. But I, for me, it, it really just comes back down to slowing me down. Kind of like you, you mentioned um, it slows down my process. It makes me visualize the images before I make them and kind of really like what I want to do. I, you know, I pay more attention to, to light and composition. Um, and 
I think for me, it just, I think the whole process of it is kind of, you know, I mean, outside of just slowing me down, it's almost like a meditative process where I can kind of just really be present, if that makes sense. So be present with the sitter, be present in the moment where I'm not necessarily shooting, you know, 60 pictures of the same thing. I'm kind of really just figuring out, you know, what one or two shots I really want to get. And then it also, um, you know, especially when I photograph other people too, outside of my son, you know, it, it, it kind of disarms people because people are so accustomed to, you know, click, click, click. Okay. Move this way. Click, click. Okay. Do this. You know, it, it just kind of calms them down. And it, I think it shows in the imagery that people are just at least a little more relaxed and more, um, you know, I think they're just generally interested because, you know, you pull out a large format camera, people are like, whoa, what's that? Like, haven't seen one of those in a long time. You know, how does that work? And it really just gets people's interest more so with, um, and not to knock digital, but just you, everybody's got a digital SLR at this point. So some people it kind of, you know, puts them off a little bit sometimes like, oh, well, I don't want my picture taken. You bring out a large format camera, they're like, oh, sure, you can take my picture. Um but yeah, that that's kind of the reasoning why. And also, um, just the archivability. I've, I've been really kind of trying to figure out with digital, you know, how do you really archive and do it in a way that's going to last? And I, I kind of, not that I have given up on it, but I just like the tactile nature of, I can, I mean, I scan all my negatives, but I have all my negatives. If I need to make reprints, I can. I just like, the ability that you know i can go back you can go back 50 60 100 years and get negative you know those negatives are still around there's no guarantee my you know raw files are going to be saved somewhere unless i save them like eight different places and and you know hope for the best right or or if you can even read the file formats in 20 years like is my son going to be able to read cr3 files like i don't know i mean i hope so but like i don't know so i'm really stuck with just either printing um, and then also having that, that negative. So, yeah, I, I think something about, I don't know, you hear kind of quotes of kind of wisdom of photography and uh, so with some of the large format, this seems very grounded to me is just like, it's very important, like where you stand. And so you become hyper aware of everything of like, a, where am I camping at with this thing? <laughs> and where am I yeah. putting all this? And it just, every, every decision is like crucial. It seems like, um, or the DSLR, you're just willy-nilly and can go wherever. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it definitely grounds you in it. You know, sometimes sometimes I wish, like, man, I wish I could kind of move around a little bit. But I think I've, since I'm kind of into it, I'm, I'm used to it, right? So every shot, every image in my mind may not be able to be made with large format. But the images I want to make, you know, I, I kind of make it work. You know, I don't try to shoot action shots of my son's like baseball games obviously right but but you know um the imagery that i want to make i can make it to the best of my abilities using that format at least for me it just make it just feels right and it it just flows to what everything else i'm doing all right let's talk about your uh project you have working with your son little um little black boy so tell me uh how you got started with that yeah um like so i got started with that so lj's five and I got started with that pretty, I mean, for the most part, I mean, I've photographed him since he was born. Um, but I guess it, it really kind of started clicking a few years ago with Little Black Boy. 
because you know just like any dad i you know take pictures of everything right i had had my leica and i would just you know do do everything burn through tons of film and you know i started looking at the images and i just kind of noticed um you know just different patterns like different juxtapositions of of kids with him and then you know me with him and just like i just saw something a little more deeper right because you think about the history of photography and and i also think of the, the media and you just don't see a lot of documentation of black kids or or the documentation that represents them in a positive light um so some of those things kind of started to come up for me um and in the course of just photographing him you know i kind of made a decision to say well let me make these a little more interesting by adding you know more commentary right so commentary about you know america united states right that's a, a you know this american flag it's in a lot of my work right it's that's a it's a deep and big symbol of a lot of things right and a lot of things that i experienced growing up and then also my son's experience growing up um so that was kind of the start of it and i think that um you know part of it too is just wanting to not miss a moment just like any you know father or mother would you know when you have kids growing up you want to make sure you document that because they're really documenting like their history right um but also for me it was important to document the history around him um and then even so much of my relationship with him you know as it pertains to you know me being a father me you know trying to raise a black boy in today's climate which is you know, a little different than even what my father did, but there are a lot of similarities. So I really just wanted to kind of give that picture to the audience um, just so they can see things in just like a different light. Talk about the importance of like black fatherhood in the project and that that thread as well for you. Yeah, um, I mean, that's really important. And I guess I, I kind of hit that thread by default, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just being a black father, like anything I do is, yeah, right? Um, I think that's important for me, you know, going back to the whole representation idea. Like, I just feel like that's so super important in today's day and age, because you just have a lot of people who may not have grown up in a diverse background. They just don't know what they don't know. Um, granted, there are a lot of people that do know better, but there are some people who don't. So just to to show that off a little bit and to, and then also show just a tenderness and love and care that, you know, I have for my son that I feel like obviously is, it resonates, you know, as a black father, but I think it just resonates in general with people, right? Because, you know, people, whether you have kids or whether you're aunt or uh, uncle or whatever, you know, we all have children that are in that age that want to protect that we love. And, you know, I look at it from that same perspective of being a father um, and doing that same thing for my child is just that it's a little more complicated, right? So it's a little complicated for me in not only raising him, him, but then me, you know, just being a father, you know, this is my first son. So I'm trying to figure this stuff out too. And, you know, everything going on, it, it, it just makes that more, it just makes it a lot more complicated, but also at the same time dynamic, I think in, I think some of the situations that I've photographed him in and I plan to will kind of speak to that. Is the project, um, how much is is it now maybe pre-visualized versus maybe when you started the first start of the project? So as it evolved, I guess, in that way. 
Oh. Yeah, it's definitely a lot more pre-visualized because I kind of start the pro- project, I guess, officially or unofficially. Um, I'm the type of photographer who just shoots and shoots and shoots. And then I look at the images and see what they're telling me and, and see where I want to go. Um, so in the beginning, you know, I was shooting the 35 millimeter and just like just capturing moments. Right. But then I think it evolved into more of the pre-visualized things as I have just these different ideas you know, like there's an image of him um, with the flag sitting in the backyard with my reflection in the window. Like I had a, I pre-visualized that. I had an idea, like I want to have him hold an American flag. You know, this is the American dream, but it, it's kind of complicated, right? As a like kid, um, I think of so. So to your point, a hundred percent now, especially now that I'm shooting large format, it's I, you know, I have you know twenty, thirty, forty, fifty ideas in my head that you know I want to. Sh- done um so yeah a lot of things pre-visualized but at the same point there's an image um of lj and his fort that no pre-visualization there that was just kind of in the moment like i was working and he said hey daddy look at i made a fort so i went and checked out his fort and i'm like oh this is perfect let's you know make a let's make an image um so sometimes it happens that way too where he kind of is just living life and I find something interesting and, and we kind of stop for a second and I get the picture and then, and then we move on. I'm interested if, uh, how the collaboration is between you two at this point, is it, is he contributing ideas to the project at this point or, uh, does he just trusting you with everything that comes up? Yeah, he, he definitely trusts me in the beginning. I mean, he pretty much just do whatever I needed him to do. Right. As, as every child should, you know, mom and dad, but, uh now that he's five he's definitely come into his own so he lets me know if he does not want to take a picture he's like daddy only one picture only one <laughs> you know um so we do he does have some input because you know he might have a new outfit on or be doing something like daddy go get your camera i want i want you to take a picture <laughs> and i'm like okay of course right um but a lot of times it's, i have the ideas and then he does collaborate i'm like hey can you do this or this and he's like okay so a lot of times it's kind of a negotiation yeah yeah that's lovely um let's see um how long i'm kind of interested how your vision for this or how long you think this project you know will go on because obviously you know obviously he's aging all the time so you know Uh, this decade or how far do you feel like you want to push it you may not have the answer for that yet but yeah i've I've definitely thought about that michael um you know i i kind of see it where i'll always be making images of him however you know with the project in mind i mean i see it going for maybe another anywhere from four to six four to seven years maybe just because like as he gets out of that you know boyhood stage and he gets into adolescence you know i think that's a good kind of bookend in terms of a project where i'll keep photographing him but maybe i could call it something else or maybe it's not even a project and i just keep continue to make images of him but I do see some type of book in as he gets, you know, 10, 11, because I mean, I think at that point, you know, you start getting the preteen and it, it, things just change. And, you know, I'm just trying to enjoy the little boy that I have right now, knowing that things will just be different. So, yeah, you know, hopefully in five, five, six years, I can, you know, kind of put a book in, in it and, you know, hopefully have yeah. a book. That's awesome. Uh, how was kind of working with him? I don't know, maybe just personally led you guys to, uh, have maybe a better understanding for him of like him as a black boy where his place is in the world 
Um, this has led to like personal conversations, um, you know, right. that kind of a thing. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, you know, at times, yes. Um, I mean, you know, he's still really young. He's five. So I feel like definitely helped our relationship. I mean, just the fact that the time spent together and then just really helping him understand life skills. Like he has to be patient. You know, he has to learn. He's the only child, right? So let's get the only child. And the only and he's the only grandchild for my parents, so he, you can Spoiled, already know yeah. he's you know could be right. But it's like we're really trying to you know instill him. You have that patience. You can't get everything you want. So I think even with photography, it helps because I mean this kid he's literally been here for ten fifteen minutes waiting on me getting my act together, focusing and dreaming and like being patient. So I am like you know foreverly grateful for him because he's definitely starting patient. Um, you know, in terms of the conversations, you know, I think it's getting there. Like, obviously, he knows he's, you know, brown or black, you know, black and other kids look different. But we haven't gotten that deep yet. I think hopefully, you know, as he gets older and he looks at the pictures, you know, they give him a little more, give him some insight um, along with our growing conversations. What uh, what other photographers do you pull inspirations from that, uh, you know, have a history of? photographing their own family you know i'm it's obviously thinking like sally man and some of these other photographers that they they right. photograph their family yeah. and their children and that if you i don't know i don't know if there's like a two or three photographers that you looked at that you really attracted to um well obviously sally man so a big one but then also um as of late i really like larry stolton he was actually more of a you know, um, editorial photographer, advertising photographer, but he had um, some, he had this series of, on his parents. And it was really interesting because, you know, you don't see a ton of series on aging parents, right? His parents were, I'm, I look like they're probably in their late sixties, early seventies, somewhere in there. Um, but that, I, I actually drew a lot of inspiration from, from that book. And then really just like his writing, his writing was amazing. Um, especially being a photographer, I mean, you don't see, I mean, you, you do see photographers being great writers, but he just, it's, for me at least, he's, you know, with the book and the writing was just amazing. And um, so, I mean, I'm really drawn to his stuff. Obviously, Sally Mann. Um, you know, I like Dan Winters. You know, he's not really known for family, but I like his portraits of the sun. Um, Dan Winters is more of a, is obviously an editorial photographer. Um, uh, and then there's some like, you know, obviously, like the Gordon Parks, the Carrie May Weems, and those types of influences too. But you know, it, it's interesting you bring that up because there's not like, even in general, there's not a ton of like prominent fine art photographers who photograph their family exclusively. Right. When you look like that, has like a name or fame because it's just not really looked at in the art world as I don't know. It, it's just. I just looked at differently. I feel like I feel like it's not given enough credit, you know, because you just don't hear of many um, popular photographers in that way as you do a, a Sally Mann or, 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 or folks like that. So, um, but yeah, those would be a few that kind of your family that I've that I've looked at. Uh, I guess talk about kind of this journey you've been on with your career, uh, the importance of personal work, and how that's led to like new doors opening for you. So just creating the work that you want, that you love, that's just really starts at a place that's for you, that's honest, but then new new paths have opened that maybe wouldn't have opened otherwise. 
Right. No, it's a great point. Um, so it's funny because like everything I make is personal work, right? So, you know, I have a, a unique perspective of when I make work, it is for myself first and foremost, because I don't really, I don't have to answer to anyone. I just make art because I love it. And I, and I think part of it, I love to do it. I don't see myself not doing it. Um, and I, you know, it really kind of goes back to history too. For me, it's, it's like, I'm, I'm trying to make a, a, a document. I'm trying to make these images that will stand the test of time. Cause obviously we're all, you know, I'm not, we're only, we only have a short time here. So, you know, I'm working on stuff that's going to obviously outlive me, you know, that my son will have and outlive him, you know, things like that. So that's really important to me. And I feel like when you start, like when you do personal projects and you have passion about what you're photographing and why you're photographing it, I feel like that's a great recipe, coupled with hard work, of course, is a great recipe for success because honestly, you know, this year, you know, with everything going on with the pandemic and, and it's been obviously, you know, 2020 was a terrible year, but like I was just fortunate and blessed that things really kind of, you know, um, hit a certain trajectory for me. And, and, and it wasn't like I had a new marketing plan or I did something cool and weird. Like I just shot what I loved. I posted it on my website. I posted it on social media. And I think it was just maybe the combination of what's going on in the world and, and what I'm photographing that kind of sparked the interest, I would think. Um, but it's definitely led to obviously paid assignments um, for just the work that I personally, you know, love. Um, so I was, you know, for me, you know, I think regardless of like if photographers are, you know, you're shooting something else for the, you know, your day job, um, or family, you know, weddings or family or whatever, but you always really want to make room for your personal work because I think that's the work that really catches, you know, editors, eyes, you know, museums, galleries, art buyers, like the stuff that you really feel passionate about that's different. That's not what everyone else is doing. That's the stuff that gets you noticed, I think. Um, me, it's definitely, um, I mean, I think that's what it is because there's not a ton of stuff out there that looks like mine. Uh, so I think it's just kind of worked out for me. Yeah. I saw, uh, yeah, recently you were just shooting that, uh, you got that national geographic job with the web plate. Mm. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Big one, man. That was awesome. I can't wait till that goes to, I mean, it's, it's going to, it's a web story. So hopefully it'll, it'll be, um, up soon. Uh, but no. And then again, I guess just a quick story on that. Honestly, it was doing what I normally do, post on Instagram, maybe write a, a decent caption. Um, then, like, the editor just reached out and, and just said they, you know, they like my work and would love to work with me if we can figure out how. And that's kind of how it started. And we ended up working on, on that assignment where I, you know, ended up just going down to Georgia shooting tintypes. So, I mean, they don't have a ton, they don't have a ton of photographers shooting what played on assignment for that geo. So I was very fortunate and privileged to be able to get get that assignment so yeah i'm i'm you know the, the layout's done so we're just waiting on the text so i'm anxious to kind of see uh how it goes that's awesome yeah so were you sh- were you photographing like a military base or something or what was the snapshot right so good like so the cool thing on that was that the way we we, we worked it out and the way i pitched it was um i'm from like a, a military family um i'm not in the military but i have 
you know, cousins and uncles and, and, you know, my, actually my great uncle was in world oh, war two. Wow. So I actually photographed my own family. So my family um, that's in the mill that has military ties is in Georgia. So, you know, went down to Georgia, photographed my two cousins who are, um, they were both, well, one's retired. We're not retired, but one's um, a combat veteran and one is in the, the Georgia national army national guard. Um, so we talked with them, interviewed them a little bit, and then I made tent type portraits. So, so that project is actually tied into a bigger project that I'm working on called My America. So going back to your original prompt, you know, personal work, right? That My America series is personal work. So really that, that geo thing is really an offshoot of my personal work. because I plan to use some of the images printed in that series. So that's really, that came out was my work on that and me pitching to say, Hey, you know, I want to have a, a, you know, a military angle, you know, do you, you know, this is going to be part of my overall series. Do you think this will work? And, and, and it worked. So um, again, I you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the personal work poster child. So much personal work as you can and as much as you can afford to, to do when you're, when you have the time. So yeah, talk about, since you mentioned it, let's talk about your, that, your project, your My America project. What's that about? Yeah. So My America, um, you know, that kind of came out, I think I made the first portrait on that back in 2018, 2018, 2017. So that was kind, um, and, and really I made that in reflection back to specifically Trayvon Martin when he was, um, you know, shot in Florida by George Zimmerman. Um, so it really kind of stemmed from that. I guess for that series, I really just wanted to have some imagery and context around the plight of, of my, of how I see the world, of how I see America and how overarching idea is that this is weird duality between people of color in America. It's like, you know, America is, you know, one of the greatest countries or, you know, or some argue the greatest country in the world. However, you know, I'm proud to be American, but as we see in the news over and over and over again, you know, it's, it's a challenge, you know, and it's, it's, it's really one of those things where, you know, you're in a place that you love, but in a lot of aspects, it doesn't love you back. And there's systems and, and institutions in place that are, are there inherently to stop you from advancing. So that whole series is really more, I would say, especially comparing it to Little Blackboard, that's very, I would say it's a lot more, um, I don't know, I always use the word like heavy handed in a way. Like I, I wanted, I wanted to, it to be not necessarily over the top, but it's very like powerful. I want, I, I was, I was, I'm searching to make powerful pointed images, right? Like these images are like, oh, you know, you take a step back and say, okay, right? Like that's what I was, that's what I'm going for with that series. And so far, you know, that's what I'm kind of getting at with the image, especially like the image of, um, there's a, there's a guy with, he's a lot of hair. It's more like a silhouette, but he kind of has his back, um, almost like, um, uh, the, the image of what Peter, you know, the, the slave that had his back scorched or scorched Peter, I can't proper, but basically, you know, it's akin to that. And just, you know, back to, you know, 1619, back to say, you know, back to the origins that I want to remember. But at the same time, 
still have hope, right? Because, I mean, it's not all doom and gloom by any means, right? I think that has been progress. There has been, you know, movement. But I think I, and that's why I really like the wet plate process, because when you think about it, you know, the wet plate process has been around since the 1860s. I mean, we, you know, Civil War in, you know, the end of slavery, 1865. So, you know, we, that time period is very pertinent. And I like to connect the past to the present. So using that process kind of connects the two for me. Um, So, yeah. So, I mean, I'm excited about that project. I, you know, that, that has a shorter tail than the other one. Um, But looking to, you know, just continue to probably do maybe a little traveling when I can um, to make some more images for that series. But yeah, I was going to ask you about like why you chose web plate. So you kind of answered that one. So. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. So as we wrap up, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the your tired of fighting image from the little black boy. Um, I've seen that like it seems like that's one of the images that's just kind of blown up this year. Twenty twenty for you, at least. Um, So anyway, I guess just I, I always find it interesting to like dig into one photo and like how that photo happened and the story behind it and to get. Yeah, just a little bit of a of glimpse of what went on that day when you took that. So that image, uh, I made that this past summer or last summer, twenty, yeah. Uh, and it was at my parents' home, and you know, I'm I'm trying to remember even. I think we were playing outside, like in the water or something. But my my sister had bought my son um, some punching gloves and like a little punching bag thing, and you know, he was playing around with that all day, and he was getting kind of tired. And I'm like, hey, you know, he had this glove, and I'm like you know, he had both gloves on. Hey, let's, let's make a picture, you know, let's, let's, let's make a, a photograph. And he reluctantly, reluctantly did it. Um, I think I only got two frames if I look back at it. Um, and, and really what happened, I made one image of him sitting um, with the gloves on or one. Yeah. And, you know, and then I said, Hey, late, why don't you lay down um, for a second while I set up the next shot? And then he laid down and I was on with my camera and he fell asleep. Like he literally just clunked out. He was tired, you know? Um, So, and he only had one glove on. So I'm like, oh, this is perfect. So, I mean, I did do a little, little manipulating here. I moved his feet, got it all, you know, because he was like dead asleep. So I I framed perfectly. And I was, you know, you have to hustle because he could move and just screw everything up with large format. Because, you know, got the focus right. You know, everything's good. My my exposures, composition, and then I just made the picture. So you know, in my mind, when I, I made it, I, I knew what I was capturing. But then when I spent some time with it, it was just like, oh, there it is. Like, the tire of fighting is such an analogy of just like everything for me. And, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, especially in 2020, because we had the George Floyds and you had the protests and things like that. And, you know, after the end of that of that year it was just kind of like i'm tired you know i I think i think collectively as any person of color i'm sure at some point or another people will say you know we're we're tired we're we're tired of having to fight so hard just to be on the same playing field right we're tired of all the hoops and all the you know injustice that we have to deal with on a daily basis so for me is very poignant and, and and had a deeper meaning um, and then obviously as a, as a kid, you know, it has a lighter meaning. You no, know, you know, he's tired of the, you know, tired of fighting. He's a one, he's literally got one glove on and he doesn't have another one. 
and he just had, you know, he's tuckered out, right? He can't, he can't do anymore. And I just really connected that to what I was feeling and what I know a lot of people of color were probably feeling in 2020. It's just like, we're tired and we got, we're fighting. It's almost like you're fighting with one, one hand, you know, one glove with another hand tied behind your back. Right. So, you know, I really do like that image too. So that one, that's kind of how that happened for the most yeah. part. Yeah. The whole series is fantastic. So keep it up. I'm excited to see where it goes um, over the next few years. So appreciate your time and all your insight. No, I appreciate it, Michael. Thank you for having me.